Good afternoon, everyone. Happy MLK Day. And you know who's out there working? That's right, the postman is out there working today because I just got a package today from, that's right, Republic Brands, OCB. Shout out to OCB. Thank you guys so much. We are going to see what is inside of this box that they just sent over. I want to show you guys and let's see, uh, let's see what we got. Yes, my favorite, exactly what I need. Boxes on boxes of OCD Slim packs. I was just about out and so I'm so glad that they just sent these because now I can restock and know that I am not going to run out of these amazing papers. Not to mention, too, we have the Emerald Cup coming up, and so I'm definitely going to need a lot of these with all that judging that we're going to be doing with all these different flowers. So thank you so much, OCB, for sending that down today. We really appreciate it. These will all get burned, and I can't wait for you guys to send some more. Thanks so much. opinions and general overall shades thrown on Hyatt 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of Hyatt 9 News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice, and for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness, and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at 9 with us. There we here. go. Spectrum's yeah, well, up now. A little bit of wrinkling. I don't need no iron. I'm already creased. Hello. Hey. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. Hope you are having an amazing, paper amazing material, day. Jason. Oh, yes. That's right. Good morning. It is Wednesday, January 17th. And today is... Uncle Dale. What's good, brother? Oh, yeah. It's Popeye the oh, Sailor Man, man Day. Right? It's not raining today. Why are you so. guys all still talking right now? Good day. Yeah. Yes, sir. Can, can they not hear me? Every day we above dirt. It's a good day there to be there. Except for this technology shit. We said broken hearted. Can, can you guys hear me? I mean, yeah. I mean, I like this over can the uh, alternative. Can you guys hear me? Hey, guys. Yeah. Can you guys hear me? Can you guys hear me? Can you guys hear me? No, they can't hear you. They talking. can't hear me. Oh, they can't. Do your story. Do Got your it. Story. Got it. Got it. Okay. All right. All right. My bad. Sorry, Adam. Thank you. 
All right, so I guess we're having some technical difficulties over here, you guys. But today is Popeye the Sailor Man Day, National Classy Day, National Bootleggies Day, National Hot Buttered Rum Day, you guys. Oh, man. Thank you all for joining us and getting high at nine with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. You can look down below on your screen to see where we live on the Internet. And we are live every Monday through Friday on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and on our very own website at www.hyatt9news.com. Um, uh, so you said for me to go right into my story, Adam? Yeah. Okay, I guess I'm going right into my first story, you guys. Um, these guys are going to all be joining us in just a second, I imagine. But, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Governor Hochul out there in New York, she proposes a repeal of the marijuana potency tax that's right governor kathy hochel executive budget released on tuesday proposes repealing a state potency tax on marijuana products that industry stakeholders said has deterred legal retail sales and driven more consumers to buy cannabis from unlicensed vendors hochel's proposal which follows efforts in the legislature to repeal the potency tax would replace it with a wholesale excise tax of nine percent which would be charged to consumers in addition to the state and local retail excise taxes of nine and four percent respectively state senator jeremy cooney a rochester democrat sponsored legislation last year that would have repealed the potency tax with a flat rate tax which he noted would be similar to how alcohol products that vary in potency are taxed uh, Cooney was warned that a flourishing illicit market for cannabis would be a public safety and public health disaster. And unregulated products stand a greater chance of being contaminated with unknown additives, Cooney said. I wonder what gives him that impression that unregulated products are more likely to be contaminated. I wonder where he gets that data from. <laughs> a direct refusion of what legalization law was set out to accomplish, he says. But Cooney's proposal called for the potency tax to be replaced by a 7% excise tax that would be phased in over the course Whoa, of years, like which he would help crazy. keep prices down for retail vendors and suppliers who are battling to get customers to stop buying unregulated products. In quotes, I think the timeline and the amount matters in the context of getting our legal retail marketplace up and running and competitive with the existing illicit market footprint, Cooney said. A phased-in approach works best in terms of maximizing competitiveness. I think we also need to look at other states like Colorado, that's the wrong state to look at, <laughs> that have actually had a lower tax rate than New York but have realized higher, but have, uh, realized higher revenues if we're able to really increase the volume of sales overall even though it's a lower tax rate it's better than losing it to the illicit market where we get nothing he says man oh man oh man you know you get nothing from the trap the potency tax also has been criticized for its complexity which has been heaped on to the new retail marijuana industry stakeholders who have already been grappling with supply chain issues and a slow rollout that has financially impaired many of those who have tried to succeed in the struggling marketplace uh do we have everyone with us now adam are we all everyone can hear me you guys all there rico 
Oh, Dale, Dale saying, yeah. All right. All right. Well, this story goes on and on and on and on all about this tax, this flat tax that they're proposing as an excise tax in New York. And you can read the whole article on our website at www.hyatt9news.com. But I want to hear what you guys have to think about Governor Hochul backpedaling like Rico or flip-flopping on this whole excise tax. And this is Jason Beck for the Hyatt 9 News. What do y'all think about this? So we missed like the first part of it. Can we even hear you? Sorry. So, Technical um, difficulties. So, you, like, so gov- like, Governor yeah, Hochul yeah, is, yeah. is saying that she wants to remove the potency tax and replace it with an excise tax. Oh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Why, not just remove the tax Why not just remove the tax altogether? I, I'm, I, I'm with that. I'm with that. But they're, they're saying because they want to be able to compete with the illicit market. Oh, jeez. I mean, yeah. So remove I'm the tax say, so, <laughs> I'm gonna say down with all taxes. I'm agree with down with all taxes. I, I agree with that. Down with all taxes, especially these oh, erroneous no. excise taxes. They so one 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 politician wants to move it to nine percent. Another politician wants to move it down to seven percent on all cannabis products, and they still overall in the state, at least from what this article is saying, that they also have a four percent ex four uh, percent sales tax included on all purchases. So basically putting you know it at 13% I mean, or 11%. I, th- I think these states, all these states that are legalizing and everything, they're missing a excellent opportunity to experiment with some taxing right there. You know, we've been talking about like a flat tax um, across the board, especially the libertarians. Um, why not just do a flat tax in cannabis? You know, I, 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 I'm, I'm all for a flat tax. I have no problem with it. I'm, I, I'm all the way with, with a flat tax. But the part of it, the part of this story that really confuses me is the fact of, of them having a potency tax in the first place. Like, so, so basically, stupid. yeah, it's, it's yeah. so stupid. And, and, and they're saying how all of these, uh, all these people are having such a hard time, uh, the retailers with, with, with figuring out how much they're supposed to charge for tax or pay the state in tax that they collected based off of the potency. So in New York, they have labs that are cheating the other way, right? right. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> mm-hmm. How yeah. funny. Now right. the labs are going to be like, oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> tested low. Oh, no. Look, I only uh, this only tested at 13%. <laughs> That's how you know it's this more terpy. Barely, yeah. yeah, this is barely Delta 9 right yeah. now. This is <laughs> almost. <laughs> this is 0. .04. I could have bought this in a head shop. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. They just don't seem to be learning from other states. It's It's incredible. The one thing you can learn from history is we don't learn from history. Yeah, that's right. You take too much out of this, require too much cost to get set up. When you cost you a million and a half bucks to set up a 50 plant grow, like you guys are nuts. You cannot support that. The black market just kicks your ass every day. The trap always wins. And, you know, they're just not making it friendly for the legal market, which just, you know, bolsters the uh, the trap. Mm-hmm. It ain't rocket science. Everybody thinks that they're special. I mean, I mean, that's what, that's what, that's what everyone, that's what all their parents told them. Right. Just saying, just saying, Rico, you know, speaking of that, we are going to roll to a commercial and we're going to be right back. Oh man, that was weird. Hey, you America. Do I look like Sean Connery? <laughs> Mm. 
Good morning, America. Saman Razani coming to you live from sunny Los Angeles, California with the one and only highest host, Mr. Jason Beck, smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast? You can find it on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. No excuses in 2024. If you haven't checked us out, check it out now. And also, check out what The Prophet's doing in 2024. Yeah, the prophet's going to be partying on Friday. We're going to be up there partying with him in Modesto, California. But coming Modesto. up next, yes, a Modesto, oh, like like uh, like the governor in New York. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, oh what? boy. Hey, hold up, hold up, hold up. Modesto is nothing like the governor in New York. It's not. Let me just clarify that. Go ahead, continue, sir. But her last name the is, is Hochul. 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 Wait, hold on, hold, hold, hold on. How about this? Oh, what? Well, hold on. But coming up next, coming up next, it is the dope dad himself. It's Rico Lamite, the Quasimodo caretaker, and apparently he did not do his hair today because he's rocking that fly ass high enough news did. hat. That's right. It is the dope dad himself, Mr. Rico Lamite. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. But when I wear a hat, does not mean that I did not do my hair. My hair just are you, you know, sure gets itself together. I don't know every single morning. That. My frothy locks here, you know what oh, I'm saying? Boy. Oh, boy. Forty never looked better, baby. So, um, speaking of my age, it's now been almost nine years. It's been about eight and a half years since I worked in the uh, financial services industry, and six years since my last license lapsed. So, what I'm about to talk about today is not investment advice. Legally, we cannot give that here at High and Nine News. But um, one of the reasons I felt comfortable leaving the money-driven world of um, money uh, was because I believed in the long-term opportunities of cannabis. Uh, even back in, my, uh, back in early 2016, there were a ton of leading indicators telling me and others that cannabis was going to be a huge investment opportunity, even if it was years early. Of course, cannabis is complicated, federally illegal, uh, with generations of operators that have been working underground, lots of egos and emotions in the industry on all three sides, wellness, business, and lifestyle. Uh, the the quote-unquote sound investment that traditional investors look for before dropping big checks still has not appeared. But could we be close? Well, we're not even a month into 2024, and the speculators are speculating. Cannabis stocks are, uh, on average, up 25% since the unredacted 252-page rescheduling recommendation uh, from the Department of Health and Human Services was released. Is it just gonna be another blip on the radar when we look back at the big picture? Or are we seeing the beginning of a new phase? Business of Cannabis, Barron's, Motley Fool, and Market Watch are all saying that the rescheduling recommendation and subsequently the DEA's response saying that they would be taking the wheel going forward to push us into what they believe is our rescheduled or descheduled future or whatever they think is best. Um, they're saying that that's the catalyst that we've all been waiting for. So instead of taking the words of suit-wearing chads and brads that make a living off of making bad bets, no matter the outcome, I wanted to ask the rest of the team what you guys are thinking. You know, Since that uh, redacted thing came out, everything is up 25%, and they're saying that's going to be headed to the moon. Do you guys believe it? Is this rescheduled, descheduled thing going to be real? Are we really headed to the next phase? Or is this just a bunch of more noise and distractions? I'm Rico Lamit, the dopest dad on the street. Open it up for discussion. What do you guys think? Uh, obviously, these speculators have right. never heard of gravity because what goes up must come down. 
Well, we have, they're, they're saying we've hit the bottom and we're on our way back up to the top. I don't think have we've we? hit the bottom yet. I don't, I'm not buying that for a second. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that we will ever really know what the top is for at least another five years or until every state has federal legalization and interstate commerce is allowed. We won't know. That's when we will have some real data. But um, I think that this is going to come out right before the election. I think some major something, some curveball is going to come right before the election. October surprise, it's maybe. Going to make this election incredibly intense. You I know, think. you know what that's going to be, right? That's going to be that's going to be what? Biden giving everybody amnesty that's crossed the border. Right. Yeah, that's going to be the October surprise. Biden what? Yeah, not across the board, but across the border, Jason. You're yep. just saying that Biden was you trying to drop a little hint in there that he's going okay, to give well, uh, everybody across the border he's, amnesty. He's, yeah, he's going to give everyone that crossed amnesty, let them all vote in the election, thinking that they're all going to vote for Biden. They're all going to get cannabis licenses. Listen, man, yeah. we do want to hear don't spew your right wing conspiracies on high at nine right now. Let's talk. Let's drill down on what Rico was talking about here. Now, 25 percent increase is huge in the stock market. And, and really, that's a psychological increase. Right. Because in this sense, we didn't have anything new. All we had was a printing of an old piece of paper that was printed in August that showed you exactly what everybody already knew that it was being recommended recommended to go to a schedule three. Um, it's still in the same place it was when we heard about that in August. So I, I see, I see like everybody getting excited. I'm happy for it. I want it to move. We want this to happen. We want it to be descheduled completely. However, we're at the same spot. 25 increase percent increase in stocks is awesome. Uh, hopefully the stocks keep going up and everybody keeps making a, a ton of money in, in cannabis and puts a lot of it back to the people who were in, impacted by prohibition because we have a dark history in this industry and we need to make sure that we have a social responsibility as a corporation to give back to the people that were harmed. Right Don't trust the DEA to do that though. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. is that they're going to drive this train for rescheduling as opposed to descheduling. They've already showed their hand. They're going to be assholes the entire way. There'll be no social equity. Mm -hmm. Luke, you and I will never qualify to have one of these businesses if the DEA has anything to do with it. Right now, we are in the front of the line for social equity. But yep. if they get their chance, none of us are going to get shit out of this. And they're going to allow um, corporations with histories of producing schedule two, three, four, and five drugs be able to do this, mm -hmm. the rest of us will be out in the trap, and the trap will win. The trap will win. Well, at least, Dale, you'll be well, on the winning personally, side. Personally, those people who are heavily out there tasked with the responsibility of advocating for federal legalization, something that we would like for you to put in the notes there is that anybody who has been incarcerated and been moved from one state to the next to the next in the name of cannabis, like, enforcement those people should be able to qualify for social equity in every single state that they got moved to as far as i'm concerned and be able to get licensure in every single one of those locations uh, and Mandy, you've been working with retailers for quite a uh, quite a while um both in the trenches and uh working with them as your as your clients have you seen anything recently that would be a quote-unquote significant change that would amount to all these people just starting to dump their money into these stocks and start believing in cannabis other than there's lip service. I, I personally don't see anything. Uh, I don't, I'm not seeing nothing. I'm not hearing anything either.
No. Mm-hmm. Wishful thinking. Of, yeah. 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 I think this I is think it's just a little distraction. So shiny we, object. We, we we have the lovely Grace Lalu joining us today in studio. Grace, do you have any thoughts about this? I know you have a publicly traded company or, or part of one or whatnot. What what do you think about this? I think that it probably does have something to do with talks of um, rescheduling. Uh, I think people get excited because I have a lot of my family that that are not in cannabis, that know nothing about cannabis, that'll hit me up out of nowhere and just suddenly be like, did you hear? The cannabis stocks are going up. Is this the time? And I don't know how to tell them (laughs) this isn't the time. There isn't a time. I don't see a time coming up. Um, but I just I think it is lip service. I think people get excited and start to see it move upward, and then everybody kind of jumps on the trend. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, I agree with um, Jason that it's it's just gonna come back down. Yeah, see, unfortunately, unfortunately, she agrees with me. Mm-hmm. You guys, well, know so, some of these stocks, I mean, they, they can't really go much go much lower. Yeah, you know can. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they can. They can be negative. When I took, um, when I was with Baker Technologies, we went public as Tilt Holdings, right? We were supposed to be, uh, um, we were supposed to IPO at five dollars. They lied to the SEC. You can, it's all public information, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. don't. Um, yeah, they lied to the SEC, and um, we ended up IPOing at three dollars and twenty-two cents. Right, I was supposed to make a lot of money on that. Uh, my strike price is still at five dollars and twenty-five cents. Currently trading today at two cents. See what I'm saying, Rico? Two cents. Let me t- well, let me put it to you like these- this, bro. You're two cents away yeah. from being negative. It can't go negative. Just saying. <laughs> but what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, for a lot of these beat down pot stocks that have that are still around, you know, there's not much further for them to go down. And um, these guys are, like I said, I don't believe it. I'm with you, Jason. I'm with pretty much everybody else here. But um, I'm just like searching for some kind of catalyst other than lip service from the DEA saying that, yo, change is coming, right? I'm just saying, if you guys see anything different on the ground or you guys hear anything, because I don't hear anything. Maybe if you're searching. We're all growing up in the same America here, Rico. This shit moves slow. Slow, slow, slow. And um, if anything, I I think there's going to be more question marks, which investors hate. If the DEA takes the wheel. Well, Rico, you just, you gave me this open one, so I'm going to take it. But if you're looking for a catalyst, then maybe you should focus on weed for the people. (laughs) Maybe you should, because I don't think the DEA is for the people, but. um, Oh, they're definitely not for the people as, as. I shall be the federal legalization tagline, mm-hmm. just weed for the people. It should, oh man, that would be a good one. That would be a good one. But we're gonna keep oh, this. Man. We're gonna keep this train rolling. We're gonna roll right on in to everybody's favorite angry uncle. He loved to have him over for holidays and loved to listen to what the things that he's gonna say that's gonna piss you off the most. That's right. And he's the founder of Armada Law Practice, and at one point in time, did some time for a cannabis crime. That's right. It's none other than attorney Mr. Dale Schaefer. Uh, good morning, everybody. It's your favorite Tio Loco. Uh, again, grandkids call me Tio Papa. Yeah. Uh, crazy Loco Papa. Um, today's story is a cautionary tale for everybody uh, because, in the end, attorneys rule the world and they tend to win. Case comes out of Washington, and it seems that a disgruntled former business owner sued his attorney and got his ass handed to him. Uh, it appears that back in January of 2016, three people got together, and if I'm reading through the lines, they set up a partnership here 
um, to open a, uh, a cannabis dispensary in Washington, and they signed a five-year lease, and they had what we call a condition subsequent, that if you don't get your, your license, you can bounce out of this thing. Okay. But you got to notify the landlord, and it turns out that they didn't get their license, and one of these three knuckleheads forgot to notify the landlord. And so the landlord's position was, hey, you know, you had a chance to cancel this lease. You didn't do it. You owe me five years' worth of uh, um, rent. And so the landlord sued him. And when they got sued, they had a meeting, and it turns out that one of these guys, a Mr. Flanagan, was the only one with enough money finance a suit and to actually pay the damages okay um so they hired this attorney by the name of mr herman maybe i, sh maybe I shouldn't say herman because i mean mr because you know, I've, I've met some skanks out there that practice law and i don't want to call him mr or anything but it turns out that, that the attorney he filed what we call a motion for summary judgment didn't work um he also went to mediation and mediation didn't work it turns out that the plaintiff here, Mr. Flanagan, who was one of the original partners that fucked this whole thing up, he didn't show up for uh, the mediation. Uh, so it, if I'm reading between the lines also, this is a typical shit sandwich I get. All three of the partners hate each other, won't talk to each other, and they're all getting sued. So that's where the um, I think the fun begins for attorneys, <clears throat> is that Mr. Um, Herman, uh, he he filed a petition with the court to withdraw as a, the attorney of record. He wanted out of it. He started dealing with these knuckleheads. Um, and all three of the partners signed off on the withdrawal. The court let him out. And the attorney was ordered to send a notice of trial to all three partners, which it looks like he did. And he sent the notice to Mr. Flanagan at his business. Uh, and Mr. Flanagan claims he never got it. We didn't show up for trial, and the trial went forward, uh, and he got banged for $115,000 and some change. Um, so he immediately negotiated a settlement with uh, the landlord for $47,000 and then promptly sued the attorney. Wow. Okay. Well, this is where uh, things went bad for him because um, – in, in the law, when you claim that uh, someone is negligent, you have to prove that not only they're negligent, but their negligence caused you damage. And this is where Mr. Flanagan, the original knucklehead partner, had a problem. Because the reason they got hit for 115 dollars and then $47,000 is because one of these partners didn't exercise their notice option to get out of the lease, okay? That was the problem. Uh, it also looks like the motion for summary judgment and the mediation were okay. They weren't legal malpractice. What they're claiming was malpractice is the attorney's failure to send this notice, which the other two partners got. Mr. Flanagan never bothered to call the partners, never bothered to get an attorney, never bothered to call the uh, original attorney to ask him, when am I going to trial? He just didn't show up and then sued the attorney. And the attorney filed his own motion for summary judgment, which got granted. And his argument was that my, if there's any malpractice on my part, it didn't cause these idiots damage. Not exercising their option to get out of that lease is what caused them damage. And so it, it ain't my problem. It's what we call a proximate cause issue. So the appellate court agreed with them. And they put some language into this that um, 
you know, it, it makes attorneys smile when we can kick your ass on this regard because they said proximate cause has two elements, cause in fact and legal cause. Cause in fact refers to the but-for consequences of an act, physical connection between an act and an injury. It's normally a question for the jury. Legal cause is grounded in policy determinations as to how far the consequences of a defendant's acts could extend and deciding whether a defendant's breach of duty is too removed or insubstantial to trigger liability as a matter of legal cause is evaluated. Uh, we evaluate mixed considerations of logic, common sense, justice, policy, and precedent where their facts are not in dispute. Legal causation is for the court to decide as a matter of law. And these guys wanted a jury and the court said, nah. Uh, they said, Mr. Flanagan, you're a sophisticated business guy. You had every opportunity to fix this problem. And if Mr. Herman uh, was uh, negligent in his um, legal representation, uh, his negligence was way too remote uh, from what happened here to hold him responsible. It's the what we call the proximate cause liability problem that people have when they sue attorneys. Uh, because typically when you go and see attorney, you've already screwed something up and trying to prove the attorney screwed it up further becomes a problem of causation. And so there's two um, cautionary tales here. First of all, if you're gonna get into a business adventure, I recommend a asset protection company like an LLC or a C-Corp, not a partnership, because now your personal assets are at stake. And if you're gonna sue an attorney, make sure you've got a good attorney representing you because we have all sorts of legal protections. If you hadn't figured it out, attorneys run the world as much as people hate us, but we're everywhere and we tend to, to be in charge far too often for our own good. So I'm gonna throw it back at you. What do you guys all think about this? Wow. Yeah, man, man, I'll tell you what, Dale, if these guys have not, uh, have not uh, been speaking lately, I don't see them speaking anytime soon. No, this sounds no. like one hell well, of a pissing match. It, this is such a typical shit sandwich that I get in my office where one of the partners comes in and goes, ah, we're having these problems. You go, well, did you talk to your partner? I can't stand that son of a bitch. I want, okay, so how'd you guys ever solve a problem here? And if we can get to them before, I've recommended some, some business psychologists. You guys need to sit down, take a timeout, talk to somebody who can get you to have some level of communication or you're never gonna be able to run a business here. And it's, it's so common that you know you need to think about this stuff. It isn't like I met somebody in a bar, we're out in the back seat right now, and now we're gonna have a kid and we can't get along. Well, it's kind of like that. Mm -hmm. Spend a little more time getting to know who you're, who you're stooping before you get into business with them. Yes, oh man. I mean, so many people, it's like they just jump right in to a business opportunity because they have a mutually like exciting idea. And it's kind of like a really great first date. For you. <laughs> and then it fizzles out. But in business, it's not so easy to break up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you figure out they snore at night, right? Like, I, I didn't know you snored so much. Well, you should have spent a little more time getting to know them. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the, the snoring ain't so bad to me. It's the farting in the sleep. Yeah, you know I'm there you go. The oh, farting under the gym covers. Yeah, not everybody enjoys everybody else's brand. You don't like you don't like Dutch ovens, huh? 
I'm not a fan of Dutch ovens. I'm more of a fan of uh, these solo ovens that Mandy's going to be talking about in the oh, second half. I'm just saying. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. You have any thoughts on this, Grace? I mean, it boils down to communication, man. You know what I'm saying? You have to be able to communicate effectively in relationships. You have to be able to communicate effectively in business relationships. There's no different, right? So we have to be able to sit down as a team and be able to drill down on stuff. Sometimes... The chemistry is not there. We've seen it in sports all the time, right, Rico? Like they get five players from all over the league that are all the best of the best. They come together, they can't win a game. So it's 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 right. not it's not about having the smartest or the brightest in the room all the time. Sometimes it's about the chemistry of the team and how they how they work together, how they can field problems when they come in, how they can uh, um, uh, brainstorm and come up with creative new ideas, like. And then how they disagree. Like when you're building out these businesses, you're going to have a lot of disagreements with your partners. They're, and not everybody see, has the vision the same way. If they did, it, we would have cookie cutter businesses all over the place. That's what makes them unique, right? Your own vision. So what happens when you have teams is like it becomes everybody's vision. It's not just that one person's vision. You have to be able to compromise, talk about it, disagree, move forward. And sometimes you won't get your, the part that you want. That's part, of, that's part of being able to do this effectively. And what a lot of times you end up happening is what, like what, what Mandy just alluded to. Somebody comes and says, hey, I got this great idea. Everybody just sees dollar signs. They all want to jump in bed together. And then they realize they're snoring and farting and whatever else that everybody was talking about earlier mm-hmm. yep, pissing in the closet well and all that shit. I, I have wow. a, a lot of discussions with my clients after i meet with them because i i did study psychology my father-in-law was a psychiatrist i've had plenty of discussions about how crazy people are and when you explain to people what a personality profile is and most people in this industry are not real agreeable okay, yeah. and too many of them are neurotic so when you put people into a room that aren't agreeable, they have egos as big as the room, and they're kind of neurotic, the next thing you know is everybody wants to be in charge, and it just it won't work. It just will not work. So Somebody's got to be subservient, if you will, and somebody yep. has to make the final decision. And that's where the Every egos moment. just trip people up just incredibly. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I would even I would even say like, like um, I'm, I'm going back to uh, what Luke said. I'd say it's more about the chemistry than anything else. So uh, unless you're mm-hmm. running like a sole prop, and you, unless you're running a sole prop and you just got nothing but um, uh, um, uh, contractors underneath you, like it has to be, it has to be a team-driven effort. There's way too many things to worry about, and especially in cannabis, even if you're not plant touching, there's way too much shit to worry about. So much compliance issues, so much stuff. It's a federally illegal uh, industry. So if you don't have the right team, you don't have the people willing to play their roles, get the fuck out. Like <laughs> exit quick because it's going to You're be gonna be investing in cannabis. I think it behooves you to meet all the people that are gonna be in charge and do your own personality evaluation. Because it ain't hard to figure out some people are just crazy as fuck and you should never, ever be in business with them. Go ahead, Grace. Yeah. What do what you, what you have to say? About really this, important, Grace? too, from the jump to identify exactly what your roles and responsibilities are going to be. And this is true in every relationship, not just business. Like, talk about this in your romantic life. Like, all of your personal friendships have different rules in them. It's important to, like, just talk about it and Grace. get the expectation out there on the table from the jump when you're going into business with somebody. I mean, this is, it's the same as a marriage. 
Grace can be right. equally explosive. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, hold on. Grace, yeah. Grace, Grace, Grace has something to say. Hold on a second. Grace has something to say on this. Go ahead, Grace. Sorry. Um, man, uh, this was probably the hardest lesson I learned this year uh, was just partnerships and how uh, they, they really are. I mean, all of you really summed it up in that it is a relationship uh, just like any other. And then um, I'm so sorry, the lawyer, uh, the uncle at every event. I remember half of your thing, but I don't remember your name. Oh, that's Dale. Glasses. That's Dale, Dale Schaefer. Attorney Dale, Dale Schaefer from so Armada Law. I wanted to ask you, um, in your experience, because when you talked about the different personality types, <clears throat> excuse me, that's how I actually identify my clients. Like I try to kind of first figure out what type of client they are, how they kind of think and what motivates them. And then I hate to say it, but kind of coddle the ego and learn how to, you know, work with that personality type. So as I heard this story, and as you said, you know, you, you get so many of these types of cases with partnerships where, where people hate each other. How do you even combat that? Or are you at a point where you just choose not to work with those people at all? Because I can't imagine. I, Mr. Fleming did not sound like a great person to work with. Maybe he had well, too much fun. What, what we do in our office is we typically get them in litigation mode where shit has already gone south and people are being sued. And so now we have to figure out the personality. And when I sit down and shut the door with somebody, there's nobody else in the room, I don't give two shits whether they like what I have to say to them or not. It's that if we're gonna try a case and I gotta put your ass in a witness chair, you cannot run off on some tangent, get your head stuck up your ass and act stupid. So they get to know from me from the gate that I'm looking at your personality, I ain't afraid to tell them, you are a disagreeable son of a bitch and you've got an anxiety disorder, okay? You're not conscientious, so you don't give a shit about planning anything and you are the problem. So I think we need to settle this case. Or, you know what, I think you got a winning case and I think we can get you postured for trial. Let's go rock and roll. And there's all sorts of things in between. You don't always have a choice in who comes in because you got a case, they got money. You think it's something that you can handle for them. Now you got to deal with the crazies, not just them. Some of them have spouses or significant others that are crazier than them. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can tell you how many times I've sat down with somebody and they bring their girlfriend in and she's just racist as fuck. You can't get her to stop saying stupid shit. It's like, you know, I see the problem you got. You need to cut this person <laughs> loose from your life and she ain't going to be on my witness list. That's for damn sure. Oh, man. And that's, that's, that's the best thing. They come in racist, and then you say something wild to her, then you're a chauvinist and you're sexist too. No, oh, I get right in their face. Okay, I got I got a mixed race family. You start using that N word around me, we're gonna have some real, real problems because you're talking about my little grandchildren now, and I'm gonna fuck you up mm -hmm. or I'm gonna fire you on the spot. And on that, we're, and on that, we're gonna go to a commercial. We're gonna be right back. The control tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The control tower from Highly Educated. 
What? Oh, yeah. Stop whatever you're doing. Make sure you hit that like button. I know we'll appreciate it. YouTube will appreciate it, and you will be a better person for it. Also, make sure you subscribe to the channel if you're not subscribed already. And all of the articles that we cover on today's story, you can read on, directly on our website at www.hyatt9news.com. And this Friday... We will be with The Prophet, with Luke and Mandy for the release of The Prophet at some store in Modesto from 3 to 7 p.m. Come out, come say hi, and get high. I'm Jason Beck, and this is Smoky Vanilla. And if you want to feel as good as I look, then you need to get yourself a stretch and smoke with Smoky Vanilla. That's right, baby. I'm Smoky Vanilla with my background in kinesiology. I'm a sports massage therapist and stretch coach. I focus mostly on athletes who have chronic pain or injury due to their sport or the legends of the chronic in the game, baby. Oh, yeah. You know what it is. We just stretched and now we're going to smoke because you know what it is. That's right. I love intuitively creating a session based on the individual I'm working with. We'll go through a few assessments, look at the past health history, injury, or anything that's still affecting you today, and create a customized session just for you. Let's go. This well-known industry expert and head honcho of the Women's Cano Awards is also known as Carmen Sacramento for her never-ending journey to find the greatest cannabis edibles infused treats and of course flowers in the world come to the stage is no other than the one of the greatest merry mamas in the game mandy tingler good morning everybody i am running on a lot of caffeine and a lot of this thcv tincture if you haven't tried this and you're in california grab this this is like a coffee flavored tincture that has thcv and really just helps you stay awake and alert and i love it so who does too whoever manufactured that <laughs> oh you guys i have a follow-up story to a story that we covered pretty heavily back in november i'm pretty sure all of you guys recall the campaign where snoop was quote giving up smoke well as it turns out it wasn't quite as effective as the company had hoped John Maris thought he had a brilliant idea. Snoop Dogg shilling for solo brand smokeless fire pit. The company's CEO reached out to Snoop's brand manager with his idea, and he thought it would be really fun if he could get Snoop to endorse it and say he was going smokeless. Apparently, Snoop loved the idea, left the contract up to his attorneys, and they moved forward with the campaign. But unfortunately, didn't quite go as well as they had hoped. Says the stunt backfired, so to speak, and as a result, Maris, the CEO, has been removed from Solo Stove as president after five years of steering the company. Interim CFO Andrea Tarbox stated, while our unique marketing campaigns raised brand awareness of Solo Stove to an expanded and new audience of consumers, I think that means us, it did not lead us to the sales lift that we had planned, which combined with the increased marketing investments negatively impacted us. We believe there is a significant opportunity for us to build awareness and that these new campaigns will expand our reach and benefit our brands over the long term. 
It's not clear in this article about how much Snoop was paid for his involvement, but there was a whole lot of conversation around the fact that while the campaign was not successful in sales, Ad Age ranked it as one of the number, excuse me, one of the, or excuse me, I can't even talk this morning, as the 18th most popular ad campaign of 2023. And from a marketing standpoint, that is really exciting. But from a monetary standpoint, big fat fail. It looks like Snoop might be the only winner here. So you guys, this is Carmen Sacramento coming at you live with a Snoop scoop. And I'm really interested to see if you have any thoughts on this CEO and his idea that really went up in smoke. This shit is hilarious, man. Yeah, right. This, this is, is this is just hilarious. They're not even smokeless. That's the, that's the, the crazy thing about it is they're not even smokeless what? Uh, stoves. They actually do produce smoke. Yes, yes. So there's like a bad move by their CEO. Like this is not your core audience. No, nothing. You're just thinking like, like Snoop Dogg is the new Billy uh, Billy Mays or some shit. Like, like he can sell absolutely anything. Like, no, I think it was something. What else. were they thinking? Like, the stove company's oh. campaign backfired. Yes. This is that's just classic yeah. right there. The stove company's <laughs> campaign backfired. The CEO um, got listen, fired. Shout out to Snoop though. Snoop won here. Shit. Yeah. Shout out to Uncle Snoop. Snoop. Hey, cashed it, cashed the check. How boy. Many endorsements? Yeah, you see how many endorsements this man does? He's doing Bollywood movies and shit like that. Like you don't Does go to a like... Bollywood movie that has Snoop Dogg in it. No. But they're but they're paying this man. So it's like sixty six, I heard like endorsements or something. 66 like, get your money, it, it was something crazy money, What's fact? a little bit telling be right because oh boy. if you look at everything except for maybe bic lighters right the last several endorsements that snoop has done have gone really poorly and he just came out apparently with a cereal nothing in the weed game has stuck with him but he's doing so much it has, none like, of it has panned out even if they're so, not successful for those maybe companies. snoop isn't the best one to go putting in front of your I mean, Snoop's he's getting just, paid. He's, just so, he's, just he's, he's making money on these Definitely. things, so and people are continuing to use him. So I think he's winning in this. I think um, maybe yes. people just have to mm -hmm. rethink the campaigns. Yeah, people need to think. I think what they should their do marketing is campaigns. just launch. Yeah, they should launch social media platforms off of Snoop, and rather than trying to sell products. You know, you're going to get those uh, million plus views on whatever you're doing. Just parlay that into uh, monetizing your social media and but forget you know, about the product. A lot of cannabis companies that I work with, they um, they don't think like that. They don't think about Instagram. They don't think of it as like a huge marketing tool. I, the last company I worked for would barely give me a budget into Instagram. I would barely launch. I wouldn't even call it a campaign. And then they'd go, see, it's not working. And I'm like, well, you're not putting any money into it. And it's just, I think a lot of the people that I'm seeing now in this new emerging cannabis market, we're getting kind of CEOs and people from this corporate space and they don't understand cannabis culture. And then they think, oh, we can just slap Snoop Dogg on this and it's gonna be successful. What a great idea but the and snoop dogg doesn't care like you said i mean he got paid in the end yeah. um that worked Stop out for him nothing. he got well, tons of publicity a lot of them a lot of those corporate guys too they're able to um to to do like this fancy extrapolation with numbers to prove how it is a good a good thing because they'll say this person has this number of fans and so if we only get yeah. if we only get one percent of one percent of all the fans to purchase 
uh, this product, then we will we'll, we'll do X number of dollars, and then all of a sudden everyone's like seeing seeing dollar signs everywhere, and everyone's happy and excited, and this is the most amazing deal ever. And hurry up and sign the contract. Right. I mean, yeah, exactly what you're saying, Jason. I mean, Snoop Dogg right now, 85 million mm -hmm. followers wow. on yep. Instagram. So uh, and, and I think we're all on the same track here. I think these companies are looking at it wrong. I think you can use mega influencers like Snoop to draw eyes to what you're doing, but to get them to actually sell your product, like, nah, man, like mm -hmm. it doesn't resonate with your category, it doesn't resonate with your brand, then why would you bring on a brand ambassador um, um, that's not going to be out there pushing your product on the ground. It just—it's not going to work. It's going to be a novelty. You're like, oh, that's funny, and then they're just going to forget about it exactly. the week after that. Well, that exactly. goes back to the personality type and the ego too, because I right. think um, they really think a lot of the. I consult for a lot of different uh, cannabis companies now, kind of just in sales and just different not so much marketing, but just different ways to just help improve sales and marketing. Um, and it's like, sometimes I'm almost like stuck, like, why are you paying me if you don't agree and wanna just do, like, why are you bringing on a cannabis, I guess, specialist? But then a lot of these corporate guys, just they're missing kind of the bigger picture. Like, I think if any one of us, and I'm, I'm making a, this is a generalization. A ge thank you. A generalization. But if any one of us would have really looked at that campaign, I think we could have probably come out with a better way to have probably just advertised it. Like maybe better than thirty-eight million fans. Yeah, but but here's the thing. Here, here's, at least you're getting pissed paid. off a lot of weed there's people. A lot, there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of cannabis marketers that who are not getting paid. Mm -hmm. So at least you're getting paid. Yep. Yeah. At least you're getting yep. to, to step two where they already paid you and they're not taking your advice. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, there's, there's a ton of us out there giving free advice and uh, and then trying to end up, uh, you're ending up in uh, one of Dale's stories afterwards because they ain't pay your ass, right? Yep. Oh, man. And on that, we are going to go to a commercial and we're going to be right back. Get ready for the 20-year anniversary celebration of the Emerald Cup. The Emerald Cup will be held at the Henry J. Kaiser Center for the Arts in downtown Oakland, May 4th and 5th. Get your tickets now for best pricing. Cannabis categories include flour, three rolls, solventless concentrates, solvent concentrates, cartridges, edibles, topicals, tinctures, and alternative cannabinoids. So enter early for your chance to be a winner at the 20-year anniversary Emerald Cup competition. Oh, and we are back, and we are rolling right on into that's right, the felon that didn't do no telling. That's right, it is Luke Scaramazzo, and make sure that you come and see him this Friday in Modesto from 3 to 7 p.m. for the launch of the prophet. That's right, it is the prophet himself, Mr. Luke Scaramazzo. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. And you know what today is, it's Wednesday, so we're bringing you the outlaw news. Because it's none other than your neighborhood outlaw correspondent, Scarmazzo. Um, I'm gonna keep it real though. Today's, you know, sometimes we have some fun with this outlaw news, um, and today's, today's isn't fun at all. Today, I wish I didn't even have to bring you this story. But 
it's needed. So I'm going to go right into it. This one's coming from AL.com, Alabama. Uh, parole denied for a 68-year-old in Alabama, a life sentence for growing marijuana. Uh, this just popped out this morning. Leon Hotchkiss, now 68, remains behind bars in Alabama, spending decades in prison for growing pot. Authorities seized, I, I hate the word pot, but it's, that's, the way the, that's the way they wrote it, so I'm going to go with the journalist. Authorities seized about five and a half pounds of the plant, five and a half pounds of the plant, five and a half pounds of the plant on his property in Baldwin County, allowing authorities to charge him under the state's marijuana trafficking law. In 2013, Hotchkiss was sentenced to spend the next 40 years in prison. 40 years in prison. We'll come back to those things. And, and when he came up for parole in February, after serving a decade, the three-member Alabama Parole Board voted to keep him there. The board is set to—his his next board hearing is set in 2028, the furthest they could push it out. And guess how old Leon's going to be? 73 at his next board hearing. Today, Hoskins is incarcerated at the Luxley Community Work Center, where he spends a lot of his day outside the lockup. So this is similar to what Dale was alluding to earlier. Uh, that might have been off mic, but it, it's it's like he's in like a camp work camp situation where he's in prison. They drive you to wherever your job is. They drop you off. You work for the day. They come back. Now you don't. You're not making the wage the job pays you. You're making whatever wage the prison gives you. So let me just give you some context there. Jody Colifer recently retired from the... Oh, he, okay, so my bad. I got to back up. But each morning, he's dropped off at his job at the Fairfield Boat Dealership. Jody Colifer recently retired from the dealership, but he's the person who secured the job for Hotchkiss. He said he was having... He was having trouble finding a person to wash the boats for him. So he called the prison and asked if they had anyone that they could provide the job with for general maintenance. And they sent Hotchkins. So this dude got a boat. He doesn't, can't find anybody to do this hard ass work of scrubbing the boat and washing the boat. So he calls the prison and they send a 68 year old man that's there for cannabis to come over and scrub and wash this man's boat, or whatever the prison deems as his salary which is going to be very low. The guy says he picked it up really quick and did a phenomenal job. Colifer called Hotchkiss a good worker and a trustworthy employee. Because we have to say he's trustworthy, right? We have to make sure that we write that because he was in prison for weed. And if you were in prison for weed, you obviously are going to steal things and be an untrustworthy, unsavory character. That's just ridiculous. Like, that shit is ridiculous to me. And his boss said that he would even give him his own key to the dealership. That way, Hotchkins could let himself in in case the prison van dropped him off too early in the morning. So that's amazing, right? Wow, they let a guy who opens the shop in the morning have his own key. Good job, bud. Hotchkins, who goes by the middle name Bud, was convicted under the state's marijuana trafficking, which requires people with a certain amount of pot to be charged with trafficking, regardless of whether there's evidence of selling the drug. The law provides several different levels of trafficking, and Hotchkiss was convicted under the lowest level, having between 2.2 pounds and 100 pounds. The weight includes all parts of the plant, root, stem, and all. So he had five and a half pounds of plant, 
material, weighed, and it was root, stem, and all. So we are literally talking about a handful of plants that got this man 40 years in an Alabama prison. And for those of you that don't know, uh, for almost everybody, right? The prison culture in the South is way different than it is in any other part of the country. It's not the same incarceration system. Yes, it's in America. Yes, the federal system is still all the same. But the prison culture of the guards, the mentality of rehabilitation down in the South is very, very different. So it, it, it's if you've seen the movie uh, Life with Eddie Murphy and Martin, they got it pretty good there. I mean, there's some, it's Hollywood exaggeration, but it's pretty close to how the prisons are down there. Anyway, Hodgkins has some medical issues. The, the guy says he feels bad for him when he gets dropped off to do the boat work. Uh, in recent years, as marijuana prohibition has ended across most of the nation, the number of people prosecuted in Alabama for marijuana trafficking has also fallen off. Um, yeah, it's fallen off everywhere. The, the parole denial came despite Culifer's best efforts. His boss went over there and advocated for him and, and appealed even to the local district attorney and state representatives that he did a social media campaign for him. Um, so that was cool. You know what I'm saying? The guy isn't sound like a bad dude. It's just like the mentality of, oh, you know, saying I'm going to have this 68-year-old man come work on these boats for me. You know, it's just the, it's a, it's a, it's a conditioning of, of, of the culture and the conditioning of how we view prisoners and how we view prison labor and all those things. But that's a whole nother complex issue that we can dive in on at another time. The odds were stacked against Bud. The current Alabama parole now denies nearly everyone, despite the prison system that is in the federal crosshairs for being dangerously overcrowded. Fewer than one in 10 people who came before the board were granted in 2023, 8%. 8% of the people that came before the board were granted parole. Now, sure, I'm sure there's some people in there that everyone could agree that, hey, you don't belong in society. You're like a rapist, murderer, kid killer, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Whatever, you know what I'm saying? They are not functioning in a normal society. I got a feeling, though, that's not 92% of the people that come before them. That's just my opinion. He's not a danger to a soul, Colifer said. He's just a great guy. He really is. He needs and he needs to be in prison like I need to be in prison. In the end, the state decided Hotchkiss, like so many others, was safe enough to work in the public without supervision, but he still must spend his nights in lockup. Hotchkiss, Hotchkiss has no end in sight. If he serves the entire 40-year sentence in prison, he would be released at 98 years old. He is serving a life sentence for growing marijuana. And we're playing with this man's life, is the end quote. So, you know, please go out there and advocate for Bud Hotchkiss. We, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a video drop for him just personally. This story really touched me. I can't believe that this man is still incarcerated. Bud, we are gonna do everything we can to to make sure that you get out. Shout out to Bud Hotchkiss. Anybody in Alabama that wants to tap in with me. Get at me at, at Luke Scarmazzo on, on Instagram. Um, I'll give you my I'll give you my contact information, but we need to do what we can to make sure this man comes home. This man was growing a few plants and he is doing 40 years in prison. He needs to be home. We need to be able to advocate for this man. It needs to be more than just one person advocating for him at this parole hearing, and it's to be his ex-boss. We need to come together as a community for individuals like this who are lost in the system and serving these draconian sentences. Um, 
you know, I don't want to end this on a downer. I want to end it on an upper saying that we will do everything we can to make sure you get home, bud. And not only you, but every single cannabis person, every single person who's incarcerated for cannabis, we are coming for you. I promise that I will not stop this campaign until we can bring every single person home. And that's some real talk. This is Luke Scarmazzo coming to you for the High at Nine News, your local outlaw correspondent, kicking it back to the rest of my esteemed correspondents. And what do you guys think about this, man? So we're starting a free Bud in Alabama campaign. That's right. That's right. Free Absolutely. Bud in Alabama. This is, a sober, this is a sobering reminder that we're not all living in the same America. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you guys, I don't know. I'm listening to this story. I'm thinking about this man's just a little bit younger than my dad. Just a little bit younger. And I'm thinking about the fact that I grew only three plants this year in my backyard, but like he grew five plants and they're talking about five pounds, which is the entire plant mass, not just pounds that he Mm -hmm. trimmed and was ready to sell or something like that. Like we're talking about from root to stem leaves, the whole bit. It's, this is tragic this makes my heart hurt really bad this is this is this is we need very, to do something to help this this is this is day. very very if you're very making a dime sad. in this industry you need to be advocating for the release of all nonviolent cannabis listeners everywhere 100 yeah, it was hard to hear and we we really do um we forget you know i walk around i literally have a bong right below the desk um, and to, I, I cried through that story just because it, just like Mandy, that's a couple years younger than my dad and that's everybody's dad out there. And, you know, just to think of someone doing that kind of hard labor and then what an insult to be called an employee. It, it's like, what a joke, you know, it's. Yeah, I think about this. He's going to be released someday. Someday, when Alabama pulls their head out of their ass and has to release prisoners, this man is going to be beyond the age where he's going to be able to really actually work and support himself. This, 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 this is the part. The, the part. The part of it I think that kills me more than anything is the fact that uh, that the shop owner is is totally oblivious to the fact that he has a 68 year old guy out there washing his boat, which is like a 20 year old, 30 year old type of ty- type of labor type of job. And and the prison is okay. Okay, sending this, and I, and I'm willing to bet too. Um, uh, what's that company called? Um, Americorps. Luke. Americorps. Job Corps? No, not Job Corps, no. You're they, talking about the CCA? The, the, the Correction Corporates of America? Yeah, the one the ones that make all the money off of the off of off of the work the workers' labor and then uh Yeah, the private prison industry. Yeah. 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 I think, yeah. I think the company's Jack, called Americorps. President This guy's about my age. And the last thing I'd want to be doing is out there washing a boat. But if your choice is sitting your ass in the cell all day. Yeah. Or going outside and doing some. I got paid 14 cents an hour for running, you know, I don't know. We had probably 50, 60 guys I was in charge. I got 14 cents an hour. And this was, you know, a decade or more ago. So I was a little bit younger, but still it was exploitation. And, it, you know, the purpose of going to prison is punishment, deterrence and rehabilitation. This guy is rehabilitated, okay? If you give him the keys to the shop and he can go there whenever he wants to, he could be trusted on home confinement, 
okay, at, at a very minimum. But the mentality in the South, as Luke alluded to, is that they want to kick your ass as hard as they can, as much as they can, and it don't matter. You could come forward with all sorts of good things. Everybody in the world, your church leaders come forward. Nope, you're just not getting out. Well, mm. I've met so many people doing 20, 30 pieces for um, for nonviolent cannabis crimes. It, just, it makes your stomach ache watching this kind of stupid shit go on. This guy should be home with his family. I 100%. Yeah, Dale, I had, I had a really good job compared to you. I worked in the commissary, and you know everybody's trying to get into the commissary, and I made 55 cents an hour, so I was balling in there. You know what I'm saying? I was able to buy— Maybe that was due to inflation. Every day if I wanted to. Yeah. Maybe that was because of inflation. Could have been. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but we're, I'm, I'm, you know, this is just— it's, it's a sad situation, man. It's, it's, it's something that— it's super sad, and we need to start the free bud in Alabama. I, th- I just I, lo- I love the ring to yes. this free bud in Alabama yeah. campaign. Double meaning, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm gonna end this end, end the show on a little bit of happier note, and I'm just gonna you know just gonna dive into this just for a second in the essence of time. But a bill would expand Iowa's medical cannabis program to include flower products. You guys, that's right. Iowa medical cannabis manufacturers told Iowa. Lawmakers Tuesday that allowing for the sale of raw cannabis flowers in the state's medical cannabidiol program would reduce costs for patients. But representatives of state agencies who spoke at a House committee meeting uh, said the change could cause problems for law enforcement and safety and on state roads. Iowa lawmakers advanced House Study Bill 532 through a three-member subcommittee on Tuesday. The bill would change Iowa's definition of medical cannabidiol to include forms of oral, topical, and inhalable cannabis, including raw cannabis flour. Dane Schumann, a lobbyist with MedFarm Iowa, one of the firms licensed to manufacture medical marijuana in the state, said the current Iowa code requires medical cannabis products to be extracts. That means manufacturers could grow plants, extract the active compounds known as CBD and THC uh, from those crops and create a new product to sell um, sell for use through medical can- through the medical cannabis program. This process is costly, and Schumann said uh, MedFarm was advocating for a change in the language to allow for other versions of cannabis because it would result in significantly lower costs for patients. In, in quotes, we are the only state really left in the country that is requiring extracts in their products, Schumann said. The reason other states have moved away from requiring that is because of what I just described. It's very expensive to make to make patients have to buy that. He said that the recommendation was based on medical cannabis uh, programs in states like Utah with similar populations that allow uh, for the selling of used uh, vaporized flower products. And uh, But Catherine Lucas, the general counsel with the Iowa Department of Public Service, said while the department does not take a formal position on supporting or opposing the legislation, lawmakers should expect an increase in people signing up for medical marijuana programs once vaporized flower flower products become available. Minnesota's medical cannabis program grew from 20,000 to 100,000 patients after flower products were added, she said. And uh, this this goes on and on, and you can read it all on our website at www.hyatt9news.com. But what do you guys think about this? Iowa, they may be getting flower in their medical program. Um, that's, that's one of the first um battleground primary states right yeah that's where like they say that's the indicator of what what the country's going to do although i strongly disagree with the 
whiteness of Iowa indicating what the rest of the country has to do. However, I am an advocate for any time they introduce flour into any market. And um, I think I'm, I'm on board with like supporting anything that Iowa does. I know it's going to be a slow process over there. The old uh, Buckeyes don't tend to move towards progressive ideas too quickly, but think about hey, it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're all the same though. I think that if you get rescheduling, you're going to have the same issue with the DEA. Mm-hmm. Right now, Epidiolex and Sativex are tinctures you spray into your tongue. There isn't a licensed cannabis product in this country in the federalized that allows you to smoke flour or use any of this as inhalable stuff. So we'll we'll see. I, this, this is backwards shit. This is Freddie Flintstone stupid shit. But the reality is that um, medicine does not like you smoking anything. So as we go into a pure medical model, I wouldn't be surprised if all you get to have are extracts that are uh, tinctures and other types. You know, maybe you get suppository, shit like that. But I don't know that flour is going to make it. I see what you did there right there, Dale. I hope they expedite this bill because um, if you read my comments in the in the uh, section there, in the comment section, they will be needing, those Iowans are going to be needing some uh, quality smoke oh, after what yeah. oh, happened go. to them there we go. a couple of nights ago. An Iowa suppository is what they need, right? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. They just got cocked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. <laughs> thank you all. For joining us for yet another episode of High Nine News. You can catch us live weekdays, 9 a.m. Pacific, high noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to our super fan show and love. Getting their comments posted live on the big screen into our live audience and online supporters catching us across all media platforms, tuning in each day to the headlines of chaos, also known as the developing cannabis industry. Our vetted correspondent team tuning in from all over, bringing us much needed variety of perspective and your respected opinions to the table. To our production team, cloud media partners, all the sponsors keeping our lights on, AB struggles to a minimum, and of course, my man Adam back there looking like a live action statue just brushing his <laughs> feathering it. It's feathering it. Feathers, yeah. so feathered. Yeah. Looking like a young, like a young Jewish Kurt Russell back there. How dare you? <laughs> oh my god, it is always Cannabis Sativa L. The reason we show up to read these stories every single day. Thank you too. It has been Wednesday, January 17th, 2024. The show's over. You've all been blessed with the top industry headlines. Hope it's enough for you to put in your pipe and smoke at least until tomorrow, whether it's smoke or smokeless. Shout out to Snoop getting them checks. You know what? My name is Rico. Let me the dopest dad on the street for Hyatt 9 News. And today, I'm going to push this one right back to the man himself, Luke Scarmazzo. What you got for us, man? You can leave these people with a healthy message. Time to come on out on Friday. Yes, yes. Well, make sure you go over and catch us this Friday, 3 to 7, at Fino's in Modesto. That's 1234 McHenry Avenue. Friday, January 19th, we're doing a huge brand launch book signing. It's going to be an extravaganza. Come out there and, and mess with us. Tap in with some of the OGs and legacy people that are still in the market, still doing this thing. Um, but I'm just going to say this. This is a really simple one, and I think this sums up a lot of our stories, and it's one sentence. You do not need a cannonball to kill a mosquito.